Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to be here at North Star with you this morning, and it's great to be home. But the past two weeks, Cole and Sellers, would y'all give them a great hand for the great job they did? Holy moly. So we were, we were away on vacation the first Sunday of that, and uh, man, we got to sit and watch Cole. And then last Sunday, we were driving back, and we were listening to Sellers, and I'm like, and I am so proud of those boys. They are so, we're only five years difference between me and them. And so it's a really crazy deal. I'm really, really, what's so funny? All right, I'm really, really proud of them. And she's like, you better get back. They're really good. I'm like, hush your mouth, all right? And so, but we are, it made me so proud because what a great kickoff to the series and what a great picture of how God's using this next generation. Isn't it awesome to know we're in such good hands here at North Star? Well, today we continue our questions God asks. So, let's take your Bible, turn to the book of Jonah, Jonah chapter four, Jonah chapter four. So know this, God only asks a question when he's trying to move us to a response, right? God doesn't waste breath. God doesn't waste questions. Sometimes he asks questions to get us where he wants to go. So part of the time I was out, I spoke at two different camps. I love going to camps in the summer and uh, was at two different camps and I would ask questions because it's a much smaller audience. And the goal of the question is, to get them to think about the response. So when God asks us questions, he's trying to get us to look at ourselves. So let's pick up the story, story of Jonah. You, you uh, may not have much of a Bible background. You may have lots of Bible. I don't, I don't know. But Jonah's a very interesting story because God has a call on Jonah's life, and he goes, Jonah, there's this really, really, really bad group of people in the city of Nineveh, and they're the Assyrians, and they are not good people. They are barbaric. They are destructive. They are, they're bad. So Jonah, I want you to go to the city of Nineveh, and I want you to preach for me. I want you to go that way. And Jonah goes, great idea. I'll go that way, all right? And so Jonah goes back a whole other direction. He takes a ship, goes to Tarshish. We know he gets thrown overboard because all the storms that were hitting, they're like, somebody with sins on the boat. And they were like, it's Jonah. And they throw Jonah overboard and he gets swallowed up and lives for three days in the belly of a what? Fish, whale. All right, so he, he lives for three days. The fish vomits him out beautiful part of the story. All right, he vomits him out on the shore, and he preaches to the city of Nineveh. They repent, and then we pick up where we are today. So it's a lot to take in, but let me make it really easy for you. All right, so if you've got your North Star app out, it's probably the easiest way to follow along is North Star Church Georgia in the app store. Easy way to follow along. You've got your little sermon note sheets, got a little QR code down at the bottom. You can go to those notes. So let's, let's break down. They're, they're not blanks for this, but maybe this helps us make sense. Ready? Chapter one is about Jonah running from God. God's call comes to Jonah. Jonah wants no part of it. We've all had seasons we've run from God. Can we all agree on that? We've all had seasons. We've had moments. We've had times. We've had years that we run from God. That's what chapter one's about. Chapter two is about Jonah running to God. 
So one is about him running from God. Chapter two, he's like, okay, God, you got my attention. He runs to God. Chapter three is about Jonah running for God. So he's like a reluctant prophet now. And we see his reluctance here in a second. He's, he's working on God's behalf reluctantly, but he's working on God's behalf. He's running for God. Chapter four is about Jonah running into God. God and Jonah go face to face, and they have quite a, a uh, discussion. So before we get started, let me just tell you this about Jonah. So I don't know what you know about the Bible. Jonah doesn't have it all together. Let me just go ahead and let you know that in the beginning. Jonah doesn't have it all together. In fact, I would say you don't want people like Jonah working for your company, all right? And so Jonah, whatever you're telling him, Jonah's going to disagree with, all right? The other part I'll tell you about Jonah is Jonah doesn't just dislike the Assyrians. I think every scholar agrees he hated them. And they were bad people. Jonah really didn't like them. A lot didn't like them. And as we read this story, you start seeing Outwardly, Jonah, Jonah sort of vomiting up what he really believes and what he really thinks. And it's ugly. And it's bad. Everybody look at me. Here's the best part. Compass, theater, watch it on Monday. Here's the best part. God uses people even who are messed up sometimes. Aren't you glad of that? All right, before we get going, anybody in here have it all together? Anybody? In any of our, you got it all together? How many of y'all have said you're still a work in progress? Raise your hand. All right, good. We'll join together. All right, here you go, Jonah, chapter four. I want you to stand up with me in honor of reading God's word together. Jonah, chapter four. I'm gonna read it. We'll talk about it. If at any point you're looking for something you're reading and you don't see it, I'm talking. All right, so just look up. Here we go. Jonah four, verse one. This change of plans greatly upset Jonah. All right, what was the change of plans? Well, Jonah had preached in the city of Nineveh and he told them either you repent or be destroyed. Much to Jonah's chagrin, they repented. They weren't destroyed. And Jonah's not happy about it. You're gonna see this change of plans greatly upset Jonah and he became very, what's the next word? Angry. Do you know what angry means? Angry, all right? That's what it means. That's a, literally, it means Jonah became hot that God didn't destroy the people. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home, you would do this, Lord? That's why I ran away to Tarshish. So he's explaining why he ran away the first time. That's why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry, filled with unfailing love, and you're eager to turn back from destroying people. God, you know what I hate about you? That's what Jen is saying, is I hate you didn't destroy them. I knew you would do that. That's why I ran away in the first place. Jonah gives us all hope, doesn't he? All right, and so that's Jonah talking to the Lord. Verse three, this is where Jonah was. Just kill me now. 
Just kill me now. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. What had he predicted? Repent or be destroyed. And Jonah's like, there's no, these people are so bad. They'll never repent. Not only did they repent, they were putting sackcloth on animals. They repented. And Jonah is in shock about what happened. Verse four, whole crux of today. And the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry about this? Seriously, Jonah? Then Jonah went out east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. Jonah's holding out hope. God's going to destroy them and he just can't be in the city when it happens. So, but he wants a good seat from a box, right? And, and he wants a good look at the city while it's destroyed. And he didn't want to be with the people. He couldn't stand that they had repented. He could not fathom God would have saved these people. Therefore, he goes to the east side of the city, gets a shelter, and he gets his popcorn, and gets his Diet Coke, and he's sitting there, and he's watching the city to see what would happen. And the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow there, Soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. So Jonah's sitting out. Even though there's shelter, God sends a plant and puts it above him. And I love this. This eased his discomfort. And Jonah was very grateful. This is very interesting. Jonah was very grateful for the what? What does it say? Not for the Lord, but for the plant. He loved that plant. That plant was good and leafy. He didn't have his Columbia sun gear on and he needed some shelter from the sun. Verse seven, but God also arranged for a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away. As the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and he wished to die. So God brings the plant, God kills the plant, and we pick up. Look at what Jonah says. Death is certainly better than living like this. Then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? This is the 2023 version of what God said. Are you serious, Jonah? I mean, seriously? You're mad about the plant dying, and look at what happens. This is so fascinating. Then the Lord said, Jonah's been talking. Now God's talking. You feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly, and it died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? Here's what God says to Jonah. And here's where we're going to dive in. God, you, this is what God's saying to Jonah. Jonah, you love the plant more than you love people. We got a problem. You love this plant more than you love the people that I love. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Father, pull up a chair in our lives today. God, I pray that we get a little uncomfortable. Father, I pray the sun beats down a little bit on our head today. 
so we can leave here looking like you desire us to look. So speak to us, teach us, and grow us. And Father, that is my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you're seated, find three people around you. Welcome to North Star, and you can grab a seat. This is a fascinating story. Now, I'll tell you this before we dive into it. Jonah, this is what I love about the Bible. So if you're new to church, here's what I love about the Bible. God leaves even the bad stuff in there to give us hope. This story gives us some hope today. And Jonah, even in his disobedience, utters some things I think we can learn from. Three things, ready? Number one, he tells us what kind of God we have. It's really interesting. It's the kind of God we have. See, in this room here in Compass Theater, all of you watching online, there, we all have very different vantage points of God, depending on how you grew up. Some of you, God is the heavenly holder of the ruler, and he is waiting to pop you on the hand to catch you doing something wrong and to teach you a lesson. That's your thought of God. That is your viewpoint. That's how you were raised. God is this like celestial killjoy who doesn't want you to have any fun and he's waiting on you to screw up. That is your vantage point. And it doesn't matter what I tell you today. What your thought of God is, is God's waiting to bust your chops. That's what you think. Then there's a whole other group of people. If you believe in God, you believe that God is a heavenly grandfather who doesn't really know what's going on here. And every now and then he alerts himself to things, but he's very distant. He's very preoccupied and wants no part of our lives. Jonah says, no, here's the kind of God you are. You are, look at with me. It's going to pop up on the screen. I knew that you were, first word. What's the first word? And what's the next one? God, I knew you would let them off. You're merciful. If you were to peel back every layer of Scripture and of the Lord, do you know what you get down to? You get down to his mercy and his compassion. Jonah hated the Assyrians. Everybody look at me. And God loved them. And Jonah's like, I knew you would do this. I knew it. Do you know how Jonah knew he was merciful and compassionate? Because he had been merciful and compassionate to Jonah. Here was the problem. They didn't look like him. They didn't act like him. They didn't vote like him. They didn't have family dinners like Jonah liked for him to have family dinners. And there was nothing about this barbaric, destroying nation that had any value to anyone but God. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know the viewpoint you walked in this room with this morning, but I'll tell you this about the Lord. He is merciful and compassionate, and we are better all be thankful. We better all look in the mirror and go, Lord, thank you for putting up 
with me. Here's a word that's used in the New Testament. Ready? And you write this down. Long-suffering. Long-suffering. He puts up with. Why? Because he sees what could be. How many of y'all went on a vacation somewhere this summer? Raise your hand. All right, how many of y'all went on a vacation with kids in the car? Raise your hand. Long suffering. You know what I'm talking about? And so while you're driving, you're like, I ought to drop you off that rest area. Hey, they're out. Let's go. All right. And so that's how because you but you put up with them. Why? They're kids. They don't know. They don't understand. Ann and I went on vacation this summer with two adult grown kids, and we all drove separate. It was awesome. It was just Ann and I. And like Ann's version of a great trip is we don't say anything. That's her version of a great day. We'll pull up, and she's like, she's quality time. We'll pull up, and she's like, that has been the best day. I'm like, I had to pull over to rest stop to talk to people. All right, and so, but, but long-suffering with kids in the car, right? Listen, do you know why God is merciful and compassionate? I want you to write this in. Because he genuinely loves people. That's what First John tells us. He loves people. He loved people Jonah hated. That's the kind of God we serve. But look at number two. It's the kind of people God invites. It's the kind of people God invites. <clears throat> this, is, this is crazy. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in what kind of darkness? What's it say? Here's how dark it was. They didn't know they didn't know. That's how dark it was. They didn't know they didn't know. They are living in spiritual darkness. They are lost in it. God couldn't stand it. So he said, Jonah, I want you to go preach. I'm going to give you two chances. God's the God of a second chance. And the second chance, he sends Jonah. And Jonah's like, there ain't no way they're buying what I'm selling. And they bought it. In the city, the people repented. And into the story of God, he invited people that wouldn't have made our cut. We like redeemed people. But spiritually dark people, look at me, they weren't good people. But God loved them anyways. It's crazy. It's the kind of people God invites. Look at the story of Scripture, right? Abraham, he was in all kinds of idol stuff before God began to use him as the father of the Hebrew nation. David, King David, have some flaws? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Noah? We know Noah for building a what? Ark. Noah would have been an awful neighbor. All right, 40 years he is banging on that boat. 40 years, no rain. What are you doing? Building a boat. What's the boat for? It's going to rain. What's rain? It never rained. Finally, the rain comes, and two by two, they get on the ark. Forty days, God protects them. They reach dry ground, and we find in the story of Noah that he's laying in a tent 
drunk without his clothes on. God used Noah, though. It's the kind of people God invites. You go to the New Testament, Matthew, one of the disciples, is a tax collector, IRS agent. Simon was a zealot. He was a terrorist. Paul, Paul ain't getting by anybody's background check. Any chance. Yet he wrote most of the New Testament. That's the kind of people God invites. Everybody look at me. God wanted Jonah to understand when you get to heaven, not everybody's going to look like you, Jonah. But I love them as much as I love you. Had a good friend, this is 30 plus years ago now. His daughter was murdered for her cell phone and her car. Her body was thrown in a dumpster and she was left. I was talking to her dad, who was a minister, and I, we were talking about the process of it. I'll never forget, I was in my 20s at the time, and I said, what, what's it been like for you? He said, you know the hardest part for me, Mike, because I don't look at grace the same. I said, what do you mean? He said, the thought that that young man that did that to my daughter could walk the same streets of gold in heaven as she does is a problem. That's the kind of people God invites. Well, Mike, I don't like that part of the story, but then you don't like the Bible. The whole Bible is about God inviting people because he sees who they could be, not just who they are. Aren't you thankful he saw who you could be, not just who you are? But number three is where it gets down to the heart of the matter, and that's the kind of servant I am. See, <laughs> I like looking at Jonah going, dude, you just didn't get it. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. And the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry about this? All of a sudden, God gets involved in Jonah's pity party. And he does what this does mirrors show a reflection of who we are. When I looked in the mirror when North Star started in 1997, I saw a 28-year-old guy. I got up this morning, looked in the mirror, and went, dear Lord, what happened to that 28-year-old guy, right? It's like, man. It's not getting better. Mirrors show us who we are. God took the mirror to Jonah and said, Jonah, take a good look, buddy. Why are you so angry about this? I know you're busting my chops, but here's basically what God said to Jonah. I want you to, get, I want you to sit in this for a second. Jonah, you... Love the plant more than you love people. Jonah, you are upset this plant withered and died, and yet you want me to rain judgment on a city of people I created. Jonah, that's a problem. 
And here's the crazy part about the book of Jonah. That last verse, the book just ends. It's like all the Netflix movies and Apple movies that came out during the pandemic. They get done and you're like, I just wasted two hours of my time. I don't, even know, I don't know what happened. This book just ends. We don't know really what happened. But I know this. Jonah had a problem. Some of us have a problem. You look at the life of Jesus, it's really interesting. <clears throat> the Bible, if you were to say, and I saw the, a great scholar say this this past week when I was reading, he said, if you put down the emotional capacity of Jesus in a statement, it would be this, he was moved with compassion, moved with compassion. He would see the people and it would move him. Like he would walk down the hallway at his school and he would be moved about people's spiritual darkness. That was Jesus. Sir, let's, let's call time out real quick. We have Jonah. We have Jesus. I know these people are barbaric, but is Jonah better at the end of the day than they are? Yes or no? No. Because Jonah may not have been barbaric physically, but he was barbaric spiritually yes or no did Jonah have a right to judge the people God wasn't judging yes or no y'all don't sound very sure all right did Jonah I'm gonna give you a, the school hasn't started you get a retest all right so did Jonah have a right to judge the people that God wasn't judging yes or no, no. Jesus Was Jesus really better than the people he had compassion on, yes or no? He's perfect. And he loved them anyways. So today when I pull out the mirror, I've got to make this decision. Do I love like Jonah or do I love like Jesus? Can I tell you the truth sometimes? I more, love more like Jonah than I do Jesus. And it's embarrassing to tell you that. I love the people that love me. I don't know if y'all know this. Not everybody loves me. I didn't know if y'all know this or not. So they leave it. They're always named anonymous. I don't know the crazy part. They never choose to leave their name. But I've learned over 30 something years not everybody loves me. It hurts my feelings. I love loving the people that love me, but do I love the people who don't love me? Do I love like Jonah or do I love like Jesus? 1950s, there was a young college student who knew that God was calling him to take the story of Jesus to places. They had never heard the name of Jesus. There was a little Indian tribe in Ecuador that they had circled and they found out that they could fly in there. So he and a few other guys left their families. They boarded a plane and went to this tribe. They landed in their little plane there on the island. They knew one freight, they were warned 
how violent this tribe was. He knew one phrase and he had repeat that phrase over and over and over again. For three days, they lived peacefully on the island. On the fourth day, the tribe they came to bring Jesus to killed them on the island. The young man's name was Jim Elliot. He was murdered and became a martyr for Christ on an island full of people he came to take Jesus to. Back in the States, Jim Elliot's wife, Elizabeth, they had a little daughter. Two years later, she packed up her little daughter along with one of the other missionaries' wives who had lost his life, and they moved to the island of the, of the place that her husband had been killed on that beach. And for the next few years, she didn't just talk about Jesus. She looked like him. And a whole tribe full of people met the tender, compassionate, mercy-giving God that you and I know. She said this in one of her writings. She said, of one thing I am sure, God's story never ends in ashes. After the last service, I had a young lady down here in the front that visited that island and she was taken on a tour by the grandson of one of the tribe leaders of that island who had gotten saved. It's crazy. Bottom line, heaven today has young Indian, this native culture there on that island who murdered that missionary. They're walking the same streets of gold as the missionary. God welcomes us. So I got a question for you. Are you Jonah? Or are you Jesus? I know who I want to be. I pray you do too. Would you pray with me? God, we live in a spiritually dark world. God, it makes me crazy to see where our world's going. God, you could say we are walking in a generation of people who are walking in spiritual darkness. It's like there are no rights and wrongs anymore. There's no, there's no morality. Everything's good. God, I find myself in times hating not only the sin but struggling not hating those who commit it. But God, you, you keep holding on because God, you love the people that are today hating you. 
because I don't know you. But you left us here. As Seller said, to live sent. God, every day when I look in that mirror, I've got to low, I've got to ask the question, do I love like Jonah or do I love like Jesus? God, give us your heart. Would you just sit with the Lord for a second, would you? And maybe you're here today and you you go, Mike, I've never been a church. I, I've never, I, I'm just coming. But Mike, today, I, I'm drawn to a God that loves me like this. Not only does he love you like this, he died for you at your worst. And if today you need to meet Jesus, I'd love to introduce you to him. It goes like this, dear Lord Jesus, I need you. I believe you lived for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you rose again just for me. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my personal Lord and Savior today. Well, if you prayed that prayer with me, welcome home. God, may we be a people that walks into the darkness with the light of Jesus. And that is my prayer, and I pray it in Jesus' name, amen.